Welcome back to the Global Gamers Podcast. Ryan, you are back from a wonderful trip to Greece. Yeah, back in the back in the States and uh hopefully almost almost over jet lag, but uh I know I feel yeah, like real. I feel like I've been going through uh some board game withdrawals because I uh I know in the past two and a half weeks I've only gotten in one game of splendor it just hasn't been enough yeah i'm kind of in a similar situation but for very different reasons i've been moving um so a lot of my stuff was packed up and it's kind of funny because i was just moving a couple blocks away and so one night i called an uber and literally just took all my board games in the uber with me and these three giant kind of yeah duffel bags (laughs) and it was it was a lot. Well, I was about um, to ask about your priorities if you'd got the game shelf up yet or not. Oh, honest, like not even kidding. That was actually the first thing up <laughs> because not not even necessarily it's, as a priority. It's thing, not a home until the, sh- the the game shelf is up. That's what I was. I was like showing it to someone on the phone. Um, I had in like a video call. I was like, yeah, this is the only thing that actually looks remotely personal right now because it was um, yeah. I built a new um you know, like two by four calyx shelf. And that was the first thing that I that arrived and that I built. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just bring the games over because that's what's going on that shelf. Nice. So they are well cared for and they look great. So you'll have to come over and see them soon. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing a lot of um, old favorites and some new ones that we've been dying to play and that we will be doing some episodes on in the near future but before that onslaught of new content we wanted to do a fun discussion episode that's also going to be a little bit of a a game show well and and i think (laughs) in the spirit of your move like you know with Mm. you getting your own place i think it's very appropriate that we're doing this um you know a clean slate in a way a new beginning like the idea of how to start a new yeah starting a board game collection from scratch with a fixed budget what are you gonna buy yes yep so what we decided to do for this episode is that we are each gonna have a fake budget of 150 us dollars and with that money we have to come up with three to five games that we would add to this brand new collection. So basically we're yeah. trying to see who can come up with the most balanced, well-rounded strategic use of that $150. And what we can do is um, we can post our final lists on social media and maybe have people vote on them, or we'd love your feedback. Um, see who you think was most strategic about, you know, making the dollar go the distance. And it's, um, I I feel like it's an added challenge doing this episode now versus like two to three years ago with inflation I know. being what it is. I know. I was like, a lot of those games that used to retail at 50 are now like 60. Yeah. Or like 30 became 40 very quickly. But um, that's part. Last. I mean, we kind of are balancing it a little bit because initially we were thinking of doing 100, but we're going to do 150 um, to keep it, you know, still limited enough that we have to make strategic choices but not so brutal that we can't you know really put anything too great on the list 
Oh so, yeah. Well, I could because I mean, if we'd set it at a hundred, there's there's some games you couldn't even have in. <laughs> well, at one fifty, there's still some games you couldn't have in. True enough. I don't think I don't think Gloomhaven's going to be on anybody's list. Nope. Sadly, no. sadly um, not. No. All right. So why don't we kick this off? And, and I think we decided I'll go first. Yes, I think so, because I think you have one more game than I do. But just to recap, mm-hmm. um, you said we're being judged on the breadth of different types of games we have in our repertoire. Is that correct? Well, I guess that's ultimately up to the audience, I guess. Yeah. Who do you think has the most, I guess, well-rounded collection with that 150 and that like... You know, if those are the only games that you had available, would you feel like you could get a pretty decently diverse experience out of it? Yeah. Um, at least that's how I approached it. And then the only other rule, which I don't think we're going to have an issue with this, but it'll be interesting if we do, is that if one of us takes a game, it is off limits to the other person. Correct. So um, I have a couple backups just in case, but I don't anticipate needing them. But we'll see. We will indeed. Okay, so this first one <laughs> is getting a little bit creative, but it's a real thing. And I'm I'm going to name this one first because I do not want to risk you taking it from me. Uh-huh. I'm going with Azul Mini. Oh, that's a good one. The Yep, the new Azul Mini that retails at $19.99, so $20 US. It is That's the great. same good old ex, um, Azul that we reviewed a few months ago. Same exact game experience. So uh-huh. a fun, pretty quick, strategic, um, abstract puzzle tiling game that, you know, you can play with two people pretty easily. You can play with, I think it's up to five. No, four people. Um, yeah, four people. And then I think five and six of the expansions, but no expansions in this. Just straight up mini Azul for $20. That's my first game. That's a very good idea. I was proud of that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know I was torn on on my first one because there's only a couple games I think we might overlap on, and I'm torn about whether I should say one of them now just to get it on the list. Okay. Um, That's what I just did, so why not? So I think my first one, I I almost didn't pick this one because we just reviewed it, but I'm gonna, I think I'm going to say Cascadia just because I wanted an abstract nice. game on there. And I mean, I think for bang for your buckets, it's a, it's a pretty good way to kick things off just because it's easy yes. to learn. But there's enough going on there that like, folks that play a lot of games are still going to have a lot of fun with it. Yes. And what was your retail price for Cascadia? Cascadia was $40. Great. That's what I got too when I looked into it. And Cascadia was one of my backups on my list. Okay. Um, I didn't choose it because ultimately I didn't want to have that and Azul. And yeah. Azul was a more economical choice. Yeah. But Absolutely. yeah, that's a, that's a that's a really fantastic choice. Good job. Well, and I All think right. so. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, well, the only other thing I was going to say was like part of my thinking on this, too, was 
you get a little bit of like the set collection that you would get with Splendor with the gems, but then like you also get with the different like ecosystems a just a tiny hint of um of um the you know the the land tiles from uh how am I blanking on the name of this? The castle game starts with a C. Oh, um Carcassonne. Yes. Yeah, so with yeah. the tiles, you get a little bit of a, you know, with the ecosystems, a little bit of a hint of Carcassonne in there, too. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to hype up your your choice too much, but you also get a really good example of, like, high-quality game production mm-hmm. in this list, which is never a bad thing. Yeah. So, one game each. Um, you have $110 remaining. I have 130 I remaining. Yes. So let's go. Next up, I am also going to be a little bit strategic with this one. And I'm going to keep on the theme of games that we have discussed recently. Uh-huh. And I decided to go with Unmatched. Specifically, oh, yeah. I'm going to go with one of the two character sets. So okay. I'm thinking um, Houdini and the Genie or Bigfoot versus Red Riding Hood. I'm going to go with Houdini and the Genie because I've played that one. And on the Restoration Game site, their retail price for it is $26. And that is what I've seen in other places as well. That's pretty so that good is deal. my second choice. Yep. So unmatched. Some of the sets are more expensive and have more characters in them. But given that I pretty much think that unmatched is best at two players anyway, this is great. And it adds a little bit of a um, combat dynamic into this list so yeah. diversifying a bit very much from azul yes um, very yeah. much so so that's my second choice unmatched houdini and the genie what very do you good. have so for my second one i'm also veering a little bit more into the world of combat although mm-hmm. a different form of combat from you um interesting that we both started with abstract games and then moved in this direction but <laughs> come my... all the bases yeah, but my second one is a fun little card game that we've uh, played a, a handful of times at least, and that is Here to Slay. Oh, that's a brilliant choice. Yeah, and yes, yeah, isn't that what is that like twenty dollars or something? It's twenty bucks. Yeah, the base game. Nice. Which, and it's it's. I feel like you've got enough different. Um, I mean, suits, for lack of a better better term, of, of of these creatures. The cards are really cute. And, yeah, uh, the other thing I like about it is, like, there's flexibility on the player count. So it yes. gives you some good options in that respect, too, because you can play, you know, you can do a two-player game easily enough, but by the same token, you can you know, play with up to six. So it's some nice flexibility on that, on that front as Definitely. well. Yeah, that's a great pick. And I think also um, you're covering that, you know, there's like that whole corner of the gaming world that people kind of know as an entry point that that's, that's that whole, you know, um, exploding kittens. Yes. Oatmeal illustrations. Yeah. You're covering that section, both one of the few games in that kind of world. That's actually really good. Yeah, there's a lot so, going on. It's a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. 
Great choice. Thanks. So two games down and you have spent 60. I've spent 46. That means you have 90 remaining. I have 104 remaining. All right. So yeah, approaching the halfway point here already. I know. I feel we're going snappy. What do you got Um, for uh, your next one? So my next one, I am going to go big on this one. This is like my big game. Yeah. So at $60, I'm going with Lost Ruins of Arnak. Nice. And so in this, you know, this price range of the $60, there were a lot of different ways I could have gone, right? Yeah. Um, I could have gone Wingspan. I could have gone for any of the Garfield games that we know and love. I could have gone for a lot of those, you know, medium weight, engine building, worker placement kinds of games. And I actually had Raiders of Scythia as my backup on this mm-hmm. because, it's, you know, like a Garfield production that kind of has the expansions built in. Yeah. But why I ultimately decided to go with Lost Ruins of Arnak was because I think that it captures the most, the biggest variety of mechanisms in a single game. So mm-hmm. you have deck building, you have worker placement, you have um, engine building all in one, um, all in one package for $60. And I think that that gave it the edge over some of those other games that, you know, maybe do any one of those individual things as well or better in some cases. But overall, I think this was a, a solid package. Yeah. So that's my that's my big sixty dollars splurge, Lost Ruins of Arnak. You know, ironically, we 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 thought about this in very similar ways because my next one is I was thinking similarly, going with one bigger game. And right. I also was thinking about it in terms of combining worker placement and deck building and different game mechanics. And yeah. so <laughs> I I ended up with uh dune imperium so oh wow a, we a, really... a very <laughs> similar game to what you picked yeah uh and that yeah. entails at 55 oh wow it even saved you five dollars wow. yeah oh. i mean yeah that makes a lot of sense and i guess that means that we have we have um, a mind meld going on yeah and i the other thing i liked about that is uh um, I mean, similar story, I guess, with Lost Ruins, where, you know, there's a couple like, you know, 15 to $20 expansions where it's like, if you're building a, you know, collection from the ground up and you want to add to some variety to games you already have, you can do that pretty easily without breaking the wallet too much. Yeah, I mean... That is kind of ruled out of this budget, but if we're yeah, gonna, you know, is. open up the floodgates later on, then you're right. Games like Dune Imperium, Lost Ruins of Arnak, um, unmatched, especially. There are lots of ways to, oh yeah, elaborate on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great. Okay, so I feel like this is a pretty even contest right now. Yeah, um, I think you're yeah, gonna squeak similar. it out because you've got five games, but. <laughs> But we'll so see how right it now, goes. Yes. And we're also very, very close on budget. So right now you spent 115. Yeah. I spent 106. Yeah. So you have $35 remaining. I have $44 remaining. 
All right. Um, so my fourth game yep. is I'm also I try to I guess I, I don't know if you'd say that unmatched counts as area control. I don't think it does. But I did add in another area control combative game in this category. Obviously, something like, you know, Scythe or Ankh, Gods of Egypt um, or Blood Rage would be, you know, breaking the bank for this premise. So I decided to go with Condottieri. Oh, where you yeah. Have an, yeah, a small area control game. And it's also a really fun bluffing card game where, you know, you have that like kind of almost like a party game element of trying to decide if people are being honest or dishonest and who's bluffing and how well they're bluffing. And I almost went with Citadels to kind of match this category, but I thought that Condottieri with the area control element um, really got the edge. And so Condottieri is going to join the club at $30. There we go. Yep. Not bad. All right. So what is your fourth game? Sounds like you're planning to spend that remaining 35 up front. Well, honestly, like, not exactly. I kind of have left myself. I Because full disclosure, I called a bit of an audible partway through. Uh, on Dune Imperium, I was waffling between that and Wayfarers of the South Tigris. Mm. Okay. Um. But I've left myself a couple dollars to play with, but I'm not sure if I'll be able to find something that's uh, that's cheap enough for that. But okay. my fourth game is I wanted to have another card game in here, but a trick-taking game, just because I think that's a mm. different different genre than what we've um covered so far and uh my pick for that is skull king just because it's you got a trick-taking game that like is you know inspired by classic game euchre but with enough added wrinkles with some additional special cards that it's a little bit more complex decision space than just a pure euchre game right i've heard you you know heap praise on this game before we haven't had a chance to play it yet but yeah it's really um, fun i know that I you're like a, i know you're a trick-taking fan because we played the crew we um, did another game that, that you have and that was another one that i um another one that i considered here but i ultimately went with skull king just because one i've played it a little bit more and two right I don't know. I found at least the the first couple missions on the crew to be maybe a little too easy. And I'm sure, I mean, we went through and looked at some of the other cards. There are some very hard ones. But yeah, I like one of the things that's really fun about Skull King is that you're, you know, I mean, in Euchre, you're like banking on winning more tricks than your opponent but in skull king you've got to predict precisely how many tricks you're going to win each hand and then you're penalized if you're off even by one in either direction right okay 
Cool. Yeah. And how much is Skull King retailing at? $17. Very nice. Great. So at four games each, you spent 132. I've spent 136. So you have 18 remaining. I have 14 remaining. I have $18 and left to play with. Okay. You do. That's not bad. And so no, while you think on that and see if you want to spend it, I'm going to come in with my fifth game, yes. which is going to cost me $10. Ooh. Good. And this is Smitten by Stonemeyer Games. Wait, is this is this the uh is this the one with the the pitchers that we we play sometimes uh when we're yep. waiting to waiting to start a, a yeah, longer game? Yeah, so this game this game was designed by Jamie Stegmeyer as part yeah. of the Stonemeyer 10th anniversary. Um uh-huh. and basically it's it's a little card game that just kind of pays tribute to all the different Stonemeyer games. So basically each player has a grid that they're trying to build of nine cards, a three by three grid that makes this big image that combines like, you know, some birds from Wingspan with the mech from Scythe with the, you know, the couple from Viticulture and some kittens and all these different things from all the Stonemaier games. And yeah, basically it's a two player game where you cannot communicate with each other verbally or in any way at all other than what is printed on your cards so as you play a card on the table you play it into your grid or the other person's grid the cards will kind of tell you the rules of how they're played and where they can be played and then the other person basically has to respond to that so like i'll play a card that's you know a number five and so it'll go in the middle of your grid and then it'll say you know, the other player must play a card in the opposing grid, and you need to have a card in your hand that can follow those rules, otherwise we lose. So it's uh-huh. a quick, silent co-op game um, that's pretty right. challenging. It's kind of, it's really addictive. Like, it takes five minutes to play around. Yeah. Less if you, you know, lose. And right. it's the kind of game where, like, you never really think about it, but once you break it out, you just end up playing, like, 15 rounds at a time because you just want to keep going until you actually win. And yeah. People get pretty emotionally invested in it. And I've played it with lots of different people. Yeah. And it's probably the best like $10 can do in the gaming world these days. So yeah. that is my fifth game, Smitten. Nice. So, yep, that is it for my list. What did you decide? So I have one more possible game. Awesome. Um, but I, in order to do it, I would have to fudge a little bit. So on miniature market, it's priced at fifteen, but the regular price is nineteen ninety nine. So I'm like two dollars short. Hmm. Okay, I think we can allow it. We can allow it. Excellent. I think so. Thank you. Um, so my last pick is. Wanted to get a little bit of social deduction in there. And so the last game is The Resistance. Oh, wow. That's that. Wow, you can get that for $15. That's pretty good. Wow. So is this just the old school Resistance or the Resistance Avalon? Uh, This is the old school one, like the the sci-fi themed one where... Yeah, the original... 
Yeah. Because I think isn't Avalon is a little bit more expensive, isn't it? Because it has a couple more um specialized roles. It may be. Honestly, i I feel like I've only played Avalon once with you and I don't remember it all that well. Right. Um, but I know in Resistance it's the base game at least, the only roles are, you know, the main, you know, rebel team, whatever they're called, and then there's like Depending on the player count, I think between one and three, um, like sleeper cells that are, yeah, that are trying to like gum up the works. Nice, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, anyone who loves mafia, that whole kind of, yeah, um, setup is going to enjoy it. It's a really good time if you have people who appreciate that kind of thing. Obviously, for some people, it's divisive and causes people to get mad but doesn't mean it's not a great game well and the other thing i'll say about it is having played resistance having played secret hitler one night werewolf i feel like this Mm -hmm. one strikes a nice balance between being easy enough to teach especially to a bigger group but still complex enough to um you know be, be worth be yeah. be be worth playing repeatedly i agree so i played all of those that you listed plus um as we talked about a few weeks ago on our last discussion episode i played blood on the clock tower yeah I think I remember in terms of like which one, one right. is in terms of which one is the best game it's blood on the clock tower but the issue with blood on the on the clock tower is it's way more involved Right. It takes way more time. Right. Like it's more like a 90 minute, maybe even two hour experience, depending on who you're playing with and Mm -hmm. which scenario you're playing. Whereas like resistance, particularly resistance Avalon, I think you're right. Like strikes that perfect balance. If you want it to be a more casual experience and demand less of the group. Yeah. 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 It's definitely way more fun than one night werewolf. Yes, I agree with you on that. Yes. Because Okay. Although I will say One Night Werewolf is maybe aptly named because after I've played it one night, I think I'm good. It's very much like it's a good game that's at a decent price and a tiny box and you can take it camping or in a backpack. That's yeah. that's what it's for. Yeah. Yeah. Um but anyway, neither of us chose it. So Assuming that I gave you the miniature market of price for resistance, that means mm-hmm. you spent 147, I spent 146. So we both made pretty good use of um, our budget. And our final lists were my list was Azul Mini, yep. Unmatched Houdini and the Genie, Lost Ruins of Arnak, Condottieri, and Smitten. Yeah, that's and yours. A- Mine was yours was Cascadia, Cascadia here to slay, here to slay, Dune, Dune Imperium, Imperium, Skull King, and the Resistance. Yes, I feel like these are pretty evenly matched. Um, but I don't know what is it like. What do you like? Who who do you think came out on top? Or do we want to leave that strictly for the audience to decide? I. I think it's really cl- I I think it's really maybe too close to call and I think 
I agree. I, I think I would probably give it to you just because I had to fudge the last one a smidge. Hmm. Yeah, but see, see, the thing is, we decided that was fine. See, I think I would give it to you because, like, Cascadia beats Azul, right? Yeah. Um, I I would vote for Unmatched over here to slay. Um, yeah, I could see that. I I feel, and I, then I feel like Lost Ruins and Dune Imperium is kind of a wash. That yeah, that's totally up to the individual preference although most people would probably um go for dune imperium maybe yeah i don't know maybe but again like when i say most it's probably like a 60 40 split yeah maybe um skull king and condottieri are those are hard to compare honestly i feel like i feel like resistant resistance and condottieri is the better matchup yeah and then skull king and smitten of like quick card games yeah um yeah well good job i think we did I, well, and we I just think, got to five. Yeah, and I think of those last two, Condotary probably take, beats Resistance, and then, I don't know, I'm partial to Skull King. I think I'd rather play that than Smitten, but... I think, I mean, you're probably right. I mean, it's probably like a more full game experience than Smitten yeah. is. Yeah. Um, is there anything like you feel was missing on your list that you wish you could have included if you had the space or the budget like a genre mm. or a mechanism um i would have liked to fit in some sort of area control i i kind of wanted to do scythe instead of dune imperium but budget wise it just didn't work yeah Area control is a tough one to do on a budget because a lot of those games are like, yeah, it's big maps and, you know, a lot of them have miniatures and all, even games like Risk have, you know, miniatures and are pretty bulky, Um, which is why I thought Condottieri was a special little find in that category. No, that was a very good, Um, good pick. Yeah, I think on mine, I would, I feel like there's a lack of engine building tableau building representation that mm. doesn't accurately reflect my mm. you know my gaming preferences it's there a little bit in arnak but i mean same I think for that, me honestly yeah yeah i think we both have that issue but which i don't know i yeah. guess again like it was it's the same issue you had with area control it's like you have to commit to it because it's not yeah. going to come cheap <laughs> yeah you're basically that's like that would be the 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 main entree of your games, and then you'd have to scrimp on some of the others to fit it in. Yeah, and that I mean, it's hard. They the closest I came to actually having something like that in here was Citadels, but I decided to opt for Condottieri instead. Yeah, and even then, I don't know if Citadels is quite scratching the itch of what I'm what I'm thinking of in this case. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Were there anything else, any other games on your backup list? Yeah, honorable there, mentions that almost made it. Yeah, there, there were, there, there were, there were seven, there were th- at least three other games I toyed with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, four, I guess, because I already mentioned Wayfarers. Yeah. Um, I almost put Splendor in, but that would have been a good one. I was kind of shocked you didn't. Well, I almost put it in, but the reason I didn't is. I think 
if you only have a couple games, that one can get a little bit stale. I love it. Yeah. But I think I would only put it in there with the expansions. And at that point, pricing wise, right. it just doesn't make sense. Um, and Cascadia gave you your set collection. Yeah, exactly. And then the other ones that I toyed with. Well, yeah. And then the other thing was Splendor actually retails for a little bit more than Cascadia 45. So that was another reason I didn't put it in. Hmm. Um, wow. Other ones I toyed with putting in. Um, I I I kind of wanted a little bit more of like a Euro game in there. Um, and so I, yeah. I, I toyed with playing power, putting power grid in there just because that's one of the first games that I that I got. And when I was getting, yeah, isn't it? It's not a pretty it's not that expensive, isn't it? It's it, it's 50. Oh, okay. So it's not it's, it's not, not quite cheap. the 60, but it's yeah, it's still big. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a similar experience. I briefly um looked at Ticket to Ride and Betrayal at House on the Hill, but wasn't oh. worth it. I thought that maybe they'd be a little bit cheaper because of their age, but not the case. Yeah. And then the yeah. the the big splurge I thought about putting in there but ultimately didn't was Arc Nova, but 75 I just couldn't Bring myself That's to spend rough. half of my yeah. budget on it. Yeah. 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 That ruled out Everdell very early. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was like, come on. Like, Everdell base game is not a better spend than Lost Ruins of Arnak base game at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my backups were, as I mentioned, Citadels, um, Cascadia, mm-hmm. Raiders of Scythia was my Garfield of choice. Yeah. Again, because it has all those built-in expansions. What does Circadians retail at? Probably more. Same, like 55, 60, that range. They're all kind of the same. Did you consider that one or not really? No, because I that one, like, I didn't, con- I didn't consider Rayfarers either. If I was going to go with one, I would have gone with one that's a little bit more, like, medium weight and worker placement focus. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And then my final one that I considered was actually Horrified because oh, a co-op game would yeah. be interesting and it retails at 35, which yeah, is not bad. That isn't bad yeah. at all. Yep. What What does Pandemic retail at? Oh, I don't know, but it's probably, I can't imagine that it's more expensive than Horrified. It's probably 30, 35 as well. Yeah, maybe 40. I'm curious. I will look it up now. And we're we're talking not the the legacy version because I know that is no just just the original um, vanilla pandemic. And that one is dun, 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 BGG forty. Hmm. That would have been a yeah. that would have been a decent choice. It would. There are well. lots of options, and I think I'm I'm glad that we didn't really even come close to overlapping. Um, yeah, we did. Which goes to show that, like, even with similar interests and taking similar approaches, we came to the table with different games and yep. all these different options. It just goes to show that, like, no two collections are the same, and that there's lots of different ways that you can build a broad, diverse, interesting, well curated game collection, um, even on a budget. Like, yeah, if I walked into someone's home and like, you know, 
they had a game shelf that was just one of these, you know, like one of these sets, like my set or your set. And those are the only five games they had. I would be good to go. Like we could definitely find something for any occasion and it'd be a really good time. Yeah. Well, and the other nice thing is like, I mean, it's kind of an ideal situation to have like the setup we did where, you know, start similar starting points, but different games. Cause uh, it's great to have friends that have different games than you do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, and like to an extent, we do have a lot of the same games, particularly the favorites. So like, yeah, the Garfield ones and Wingspan. We talk about those all the time, Everdell. But it's kind of cool that you know, like I have Ankh, but then you got Blood Rage. Yeah. So like, we each took a different Eric Lang area control Simon game. Yeah. Um, you know. You have Nidavellir and Hair to Slay, and I have Condottieri and Unmatched, you know? Yeah. So we're kind of doing a little bit of divide and conquer. You got Oceans, I got Earth. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, you also got Earth, didn't you? So. Maybe. I had thought I did, but I don't know if it ever arrived. I should look into that. Yeah. Well, I always have it if you need it. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to our coming uh, midsummer season of new games because, you know, we've really been hitting a lot of our old favorites to get this show up and running. Um, yeah. And it's really exciting that now I feel like our schedules are maybe calming down a little bit. And we have a lot of new games arriving that we had pre-ordered a while ago. Yeah, we've got um, a lot coming. And games down that, the shoot. yeah, and even a few that like arrived on your end that you know we just haven't had time to play in the last month or two. That oh yeah, we're we've finally going to be able to. Those. Yeah, I mean, just off the top of my head, we have expeditions, which is shipping. I think I'm going to have it by next week. Yeah. Um. Brass Birmingham. Yep. We've great Zimbabwe. Great Zimbabwe. Yeah. And then um, we've also got um um what was the other one I was gonna mention? Well, modern art we've still gotta do. Modern art, yeah. Yep. And then another one was um well you meant mentioned brass already. Yeah. Did, did you mention food chain magnet? No, that's another one too. Like, yeah. There's so many. Also, I uh I have a, a correction for our dwellings of Eldervale episode. That oh dear. What is this? I was I was wrong about a rule. Um oh, yeah? two, well one one I was wrong about that's actually a really big one. Um that we were doing the combat wrong. It actually is like risk where it's like highest versus highest. So yeah, oh, it that's is. a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. And the it, other thing this wasn't a rule we got wrong, but it's just something I didn't know. And it actually is really cool is that remember how we were kind of saying that it's really difficult to kind of get your engine up and running because it's hard to get resources at the beginning. Yeah. You're supposed to give each player one of each at the beginning. Well, that solves so that su- problem. <laughs> that's yeah. It, it really helps. So the last time I played, we did that and I was like, Oh, 
also this helps it wasn't no a huge wonder, thing honestly it was no wonder it was our scores tough. no wonder our scores were lower on the low end too then yeah so yeah you know it just goes to show it happens there's a lot a lot of stuff to keep track of in some of these games but well i tell you what yeah. i mean that just means as far as dwellings goes we were basically uh we were basically doing what olympic athletes do when they train in colorado at high altitudes right yeah <laughs> We were, we were like playing on hard difficulty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> while still getting used to the game. Yeah. Yeah. But um, also, I, I um, was able to pre-order the legendary upgrade kit that we talked about. Oh, how did um, you see that? I don't. So the deluxe through kit Labyrinth? is still not available. No, through the direct um, supplier, through the Dwellings Valdeville shop on Breaking Games. Huh. Um. So the legendary upgrade kit is the one that I was able to secure, as well as the Minotaur and Serpa mini expansions. I don't know when they're going to arrive, but the deluxe kit is still not available. And that's the one that I really want. Is that so the one with maybe the eventually. Sound? No, that's the, one, that's the legendary. So the legendary, the one I got, has the sound bases and eight new monsters, which is cool. Yeah. Um, the deluxe upgrade kit is miniatures for the existing monsters and upgraded resources so instead uh, of cardboard there'd be wood yeah so yeah. maybe one day but if you if you're ever scouring the internet and see it available snag it because i will happily happily take it <laughs> yeah the other thing i feel like has been really hard to find for that game is the oracle hex yep yeah, there's. Like I don't near, know what near impossible to find it. Yeah, that's the same thing with the deluxe kit. Like, I don't understand what their deal is with, um, scarcity on that game. But I mean, come on, they're on like their third printing now, and it's still so hard to get even the base game itself. Sometimes that. Oh yeah, I think I don't think it can, I feel like I don't think you can get it anymore on their no. actual site. No, I mean, guys, you're leaving money on the table. Because you have a really good thing going, and people want it. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think next year sometime they have a new game coming out from the same designer, hmm. and it's called Andromeda's Edge, and it looks kind of similar, but it's like futuristic sci-fi themed. So okay, I don't know if I could promise I'd get that one because I don't think I have another uh, giant box. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna me, need to bolt. But... You're gonna need to bolt that that new gaming shelf into the wall if you're gonna do that. I know. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe that'll be another one of these divide and conquer things. That'll be the new Ankh Blood Rage compromise. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a good um, game show and also kind of a catch up episode. Yeah. So I hope that everyone enjoyed it and. I like I like just kind of doing these where we just chat as well. Yeah, the discussion ones are fun. I feel like it lets us uh, take a step back and synthesize some of the so that some of the stuff that we've been mulling over. Where you know, if we're just doing a standard review episode, there's not always space for that. Yes, but that said, we will be coming back with reviews very soon of a lot of new games. Yeah, so can't wait for it. Stay on the lookout for that. Yeah. All right. On that note, let's close it out and we'll see you next week. Yep. Take it easy. Have a good one. Bye.